Welcome back, travelers. This is Relish the Journey. As always, I'm your host, Miles Biggs. Today's episode is interesting because it was supposed to be a conversation with just one person and morphed into a conversation with two people. Um, My guest plan for today was a guy I went to school with. He was on the swim team with me and the fraternity with me. His name's Danny Woods. And I called him and he said, hey, dude, you know, I don't think I'm interesting enough to talk for an hour by myself. So I got my buddy here. And his buddy is Mr. Adrian Bernard. Adrian started college at Susquehanna University, transferred to the University of Toronto, played football both places, grew up with Dan. They're buddies from back home and still good friends today. So we get a lot of good back and forth about what it's like to be a single guy in your 20s in today's world. I like their banter. It's a fun episode. I think you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, my conversation with both Dan and Adrian. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me. And you threw me for a loop with the the double interview here, but I'm not mad about it. So this will be fun. So I'll start with you, Dan, um, and then move to you, Adrian. But how's life, man, dude? I feel like I can just see you in passing at these random events like homecoming or weddings, but Let's talk yeah. about Dan Woods, the man, the myth, the legend, and where he is now. So after college, I went right into work with my dad. I work in a union, Local 52. It's a movie set, TV show. We build sets. Uh, we also do rigging for the lighting and things like that. So I worked pretty much this is my fifth year already I mean, in the business itself. I did it over college in the summers as well. But uh, this is my also my second place I moved into recently. I lived with my friends in Weehawk in Jersey. And then I recently just moved into Fairview with my brother, Brendan, who also is in the same business. But yeah, man, it's just been a life-changing, grown-up experience, you know? Cleaning up after myself, <laughs> doing laundry, you know, things in that nature where I never really had to do because Mama Woods was always there to take care of me. But now I'm learning the importance of this thing called money and how having it's important. Sure. Yeah. Very important. But, you know, I had a lot of good times already coming my way. A lot of weddings I've been to, destination weddings I went to. Had a Belmar house over the summer. That was a good time. You know, all fun and games. Sure. On the union side of things, like, do you have to get sponsored to get into one of those? I've always wondered that. Like, since your dad's in, you kind of got a foot in the door. Yeah, that's basically how it works for me. My dad was in for 20 plus years, so he knew a bunch of people. Uh, but then, uh, you know, family name. Sure. I'm actually a third generation in this business, which is pretty cool. A lot of people I work with today know my father, so that's gets me by a lot of times just getting my name through the door and finding work and all that but the union's great for me it gives me a solid 10 hour day job 50 hours a week overtime health dental 401k it's been a solid career choice in my opinion so this might be a weird question then but did you like what did you go to school for then dan because i feel like maybe i just don't know anything but do you have to go to college then to get in the union or most people like just go right to work right away and then you would add four more years in it, you know? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You do not have to go to college, although like anything you do, college is recommended, you know? Just, yeah, like, absolutely. Just being a people person or how to know how to talk to the higher ups. 
So all in that sense, it benefited me. But for my career choice, no, I did not have to go to college for a business management degree. But, you know, there's always reasons for it to have, you know, like investment opportunities. We always talk about just things in those natures, just have a good background of, you know, finance and accounting, knowing where your money's going, things of that nature. Yeah, and just... Get some of the stupid shit out of the way too. I think it's the best part of college is it gives oh, you yeah. it gives you this awesome bubble to just make stupid mistakes in and then not have real world repercussions and then it's out of your system for the most part when you get into the real world in the workforce. Adrian wants to know when he could jump in. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was gonna yeah sure. You're um I was gonna ask you really the same thing next, Adrian. So yeah, you can jump in at any time. Um, so really same question to you. I mean, what's your life been so far if you gave me an elevator pitch on who you are where you went to school what you're up to now how you met dan i mean yeah well just to give you a a quick elevator pitch like you say uh dan and i have been friends since middle school we met in uh seventh grade when we both on a basketball team together and been friends ever since basketball team football team some team together and uh even though we were friends as high schoolers we weren't really as close as we were today but after college, we just seemed to reconnect, and the the bond was stronger than ever. And then we've been best of friends ever since graduating college. Sure. Um, I went to the University of Toronto after transferring away from a D three school, University of uh, Susquehanna University, actually. Oh, dude, that's I, uh, funny. I actually, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I live ten minutes from Susquehanna University. Oh, okay, okay. Where are you from? Uh, well, originally I'm from New Jersey. Moved out to Eastern Pennsylvania. I went to school at Lyco with Dan. And oh, okay. um, so I live now, you know, 10 minutes outside of Salem's Grove. So. Yeah, yeah. It was a great time at Salem's Grove. Small school. But I, I definitely loved my time there for sure. Yeah, right on. Yeah, but uh, after my, I had a short step there and I transferred to uh, University of Toronto where I studied political science and criminology, double major. And uh, right now, I currently work in the finance industry, where I work on multifamily mortgages. I feel like there's a story there. How do you go from political science and criminology into the finance game? Well, uh, I work for a quasi-government state agency. I've had internships uh, throughout my undergrad for a multitude of state agencies, first with uh, New Jersey Department of Labor, and then the second with the local county government in Essex County. And then through then, I just sort of got infatuated with government. I'm not really sure what aspect it was of it. But ever since then, I just, you know, been interested in politics. It happened to be that this past election has been a pretty interesting election. So that's also kept my interest in it throughout my college, uh, throughout my undergrad. Sure. So that's how I stayed in the criminology of politics and, uh, you know, so on, stayed in uh, the public sector, I guess. Right. That's cool. So then, you don't. You guys don't live together. You're just hanging out now at the at the house. Yeah, yeah. We just do our things every now and then. Yeah. yeah. We usually have this one once a day, once a week. I mean, uh, weightlifting. We go to the gym, come back, cook some meal up, and you know, hang out for a little bit, have a little bro night. Is yeah, what we dude. Call it. Those are important, man. They are important, you know, and like. Being single, your best friends are like the friends you're in a relationship with. You gotta keep them close. Sure. And, and we would be at the gym by ourselves anyway, so it makes it a little <laughs> more 
um, you know, this gym session. Yeah, it makes, yeah, it makes it more intense when you work with a buddy. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Someone to hold you accountable, so you have to go. Exactly. But it's important because, you know, we're always, like, having that one guy to, you know, talk to every day, make sure your day's all right, coming, confessing your sins to, in yeah. a sense, you know, <laughs> having okay. that one guy. Yeah, man. And also, and also, sorry to jump in, but I, I think both with our, both of our backgrounds being student athletes, I think the, uh, the gym has sort of been a ritual that has been like ingrained in us. So it's like if we miss the gym, we almost feel bad, you know? Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get back to that, but I want to pop back to something you said about being two single guys because that is something I cannot relate to anymore. I got married, uh, going to be five years ago now, and my first oh, son's. Congrats. Thanks. My first congrats. son's going to be one. So. Oh, wow. Thankfully, I haven't had to go on a first a first date in uh, since 2009 when I met my wife. So, what is it like to be a young single man living it up in the New York New York City uh, New New Jersey metro areas here? Being young single in 2019 has never been easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I I'm not gonna agree with that. I, I'm on the other side. I think it sucks. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. So let's let's pick apart both sides. So Dan, why is why has it never been easier? You know, once you find your mojo <laughs> and you have it and you're confident about it, you know, any girl seems possible. Okay. But uh, you know, it's just so many opportunities. Whether it's the dating apps or your friends' friends, social media sliding in the DMs. Oh, yeah. exactly. like, there's just so many opportunities where it wasn't just you had to go find the prettiest girl and like approach her but you have that like mysterious aspect of being on the other side of the phone sure. <laughs> you know you could be whoever you want to be <laughs> so give me your best dm slide oh, oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. you said you're good at it uh, i mean i didn't say i was good at it i said do it <laughs> but uh damn i mean it depends on the person, you know. You guys, you gotta stalk the profile a little bit, find oh, yeah. something funny, and like, gotta customize it. Yeah, you gotta make it your own. You can't just do it for every girl. Every girl gets a different. Oh, sure. That's slide. a that's a great answer. Knowing this is gonna be shared with the world. That's a great. That's a great <laughs> political response. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so then, Adrian, why do you hate it? Uh, well, well, maybe hate is a strong word, but. I would say I have a different view than Danny is everything he said, but the complete opposite. When I was in in college, it seemed way easier to talk to women, approach women. Uh, I'm not really sure how to say it, but now it seems like because you're behind these cell phones or now all you have to do is DM, the girl don't doesn't really get to see your true persona. And I'm more, I'm more of a... I'm more of a face-to-face person. I, I think women like me for who I am and the way I carry myself. So if they don't get to see that aspect of me, then, you know what I mean, what else? What, I'm not sure what I'm showing them. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting because it's almost like <laughs> it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet, Like right? You so many options where oh, you, yeah. you don't yeah, know, like, they're working, yeah. like, five different conversations at the same time, and you don't really know how you stand. But I'm with you, man. Face-to-face, you can know if you have somebody's full attention or not. Exactly, exactly. Dan Dan over here likes the variety on the menu, though, it sounds like. He's just... <laughs> I'm not just a two-plate gun, you know. I'm going for dessert. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what I want, but I didn't need to look at the menu. 
No, that you're right. You bring up a lot of good points about that. <laughs> That's funny. So then you guys find girls at the gym. You're like wingmaning it up together, right? Workout nights and. Nah, the gym is straight games. Yeah, it's the games. We stay focused. So, and, and that sort of goes on to my point is, is to now with the whole DMing and I'm not sure if this is more of a reach, if this is a reach to say, but with the, you know, PC movement and the whole Me Too is almost, uh, you don't want to almost approach a woman, especially not in the gym, you know, like they're almost there to get in their work. You don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Sure. So then, you know, when do you do approach a woman other than, at the bar. At the bar. Yeah, that's that's why I'm just super thankful I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> like the thought of walking up to a stranger at a bar <laughs> and having it's to just like, yeah, it's just it's also crazy. Yeah, <laughs> just like no thank you. I'm so glad I don't have to do that yeah. anymore. And then they're there with their friends and her, you know, ugly friend is pulling her away. You oh know, sure. You have your boys there waiting on you to staring at you. Which is why the friend's pulling the other girl away, because they see yep. the group of guys staring. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, no, it ends up being tough. Yeah. I'm just going to wait till I, uh, you know, go on Million Dollar Matchmaker or something. Oh, there you no, go. I also think it's been good because, like, been up, been through the good relationships, the bad relationships, you find what you like. And, like, in the second of the first date, you know... If this is the girl you can see yourself with, or is this the girl you're going to spend the night with, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, you know, being single right now at this age, like, I've been in relationships, and I know what I like and what I don't like. Well, I'm, I'm the opposite. I have no idea what I like or what I don't like. Well, you've been missing out. <laughs> college, no, no, I, feel like I, I feel like I like it all. You know what I mean? That's like, a great thing to like. And, like, I don't know. So was with you, Adrian, how, how different was Toronto and Canada culture-wise? Do you think that's part of the deal? Is it like a whole different thing um, you're used to? I would say, well, you, you know where I went to school. I went to Susquehanna University. It's in a small, Seamus Grove, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And Toronto is a, it's a larger city. Uh, Danny visited me when I went to Toronto. That was a great time when he came to visit. But I, I would say that it's, I would say that that made a difference because um, Seamus Grove, I mean, not, not to talk about sex with him, Toronto, there was a definitely a larger variety of women, and I definitely, I definitely got to, I definitely dated in Toronto, to say the least, <laughs> if that's to put it lightly, but I don't know, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if Toronto has a, has an effect on my, my dating, I would say. But at the same time, when I visited, I had the vibe that oh every girl here is 18 well, <laughs> so i feel like that's the drinking age out there so oh, like, yeah, when we were out there, there it seemed like everyone was a little young but you know they're fair games yeah, yeah. it seemed like everybody was approachable it's a, it's a younger city um because of it's not like new york or because of the economy or because of the because of the way Canada is, there's not a large socioeconomic uh, disparities between high and low class. Everybody seems to be similar. So even competition-wise at the clubs, it seems like... But maybe that was just college, because like, I wasn't competing. Like Now when I go to the bars, I'm yeah. competing with like... Well, yeah. I'm competing with you know an older gentleman who already has his career established, who can buy the girl 10 drinks and her friend's drinks. But right now, I really am not... No, I can't do it. I'm yeah. not doing that. <laughs> right. you know I mean? But when I was in college, I was co- competing against other college kids 
when I was, our, you know, the captain of the football team and we had any posters everywhere. So I really, maybe, maybe it's in me. Maybe it's not the, maybe it's not the environment. Sure. You know, well, maybe I'm bringing this. Maybe I was bringing something before that I'm not bringing now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Once you find your mojo. <laughs> yeah. Is your mojo your shoulder length hair now, Dan? People, girls like that? Man bun action? Well, you know, <clears throat> sometimes I am the shy guy and, like, I get approached and then that's all it really takes. But uh, when I'm with Adrian, like, we come up with a game plan, you know, we just execute. But it's definitely easier to have a wingman, someone that's, like, with you all times to, like plan out your scenario of how it's going to happen, especially when you're at the bar or club. Because you know at the club, you're not getting any conversation started. It's first and well, first, it's like, yeah, it's all first attraction. Yeah. It's like, and that's where I excel, first attraction. Oh, yeah. It's like the jungle. It's like pheromones, right? (laughs) No, seriously. And I never thought of it like competition before, like you said, Adrian. Like, you're in competition with other people, which I guess is true. So, yeah. have you guys had a moment where you're both, like, you realize you and another guy that you don't even know are in a head-to-head battle for this girl's attention? Yep, yep. And I I don't like, <laughs> in a competition like that, I tend to, uh, I tend to shy away. Not shy away, but more of, like, oh, if she, if she wants it, she can come get it type of thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I sort of, like, pretend like I'm too good for that shit. Yeah. I'm not going to compete with this loser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Type of thing. <laughs> I do. That's funny. So, that's why I catch myself in. That's funny. Well, in the same same kind of vein, and transitioning back into, into work and not, you know, extracurriculars after work, but how do you guys think being student-athletes helped prepare you for you know, being employees? Um, you know, first of all, like, just being active and fit, like, I wake up, like, after a day, like, going to the gym today, eat healthy, I'm gonna wake up feeling good, and I start work at 6 a.m., so I'm up at 5 a.m., you know, it takes, like, 30 minutes to get to work, but that's early, so when I don't work out, I'm exhausted, but after a session like today, and, like, that's how it's always been, like, going to the swimming and staying active. It's just I feel so much better the next day. Even that soreness, it's just, like, it's, like, an in-self-pride. Like, you love it. Yeah. But, like, in the work field, it's just, like, being, you know, first of all, physically fit and being able to, like, be on my feet all day and not, like, you know, sh- uh, slow down. Just, like, all helps. And then also just, like, for swimming, for example, like, sportsmanship was, like, a big part of swimming. And, like, you know, greeting everybody and, like, shaking hands afterwards. And, like, even in, like, that aspect, being at work and, you know, introducing yourself to everybody you see, like, whether they're in your department or not, like, just to no face and be like, oh, that guy comes to work with a smile. like Right. No, it's huge. Those little things really matter more than... Anybody ever really tells you they do when you're in school? It matters more than the, you know, really than the degree you got from college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, I would say, well, obviously because you know we didn't, I didn't go to like the largest school for football. I knew from after a while that football was only going to take me so far, so far. So I realized that it was the experiences that was really going to resonate with me. And I would think that my strengths as a football player ends up being my strengths in personal life, in which on the football field, I thought I was fearless. I thought 
if any if someone else can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? I thought nobody was better than me. I was better than nobody else. Therefore, I was I put myself in situations where I put myself in situations to to exceed. I mean, to succeed, not to. I, I didn't approach anything timid, and I see myself doing that in the work field, in, in which. I'm not sure if we touched on this before. I did study political science and criminology, but right now I'm in finance. And uh, when I first took this job, I was scared at first because I did not have the finance background that they were looking for. But in the interview, I, I told them straight up, hey, I know I don't have the background, but I, I know how to hustle. You know what I mean? Like, it's not rocket science. Yeah, Somebody, right, yeah. If someone else can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that's really how I that's right really on the football Yeah, field. and that's something that I learned on the football field and I see and that's how I think I take on every challenge in life. It's if exactly if someone else can do it, I can do it. You know, so that's a good mindset. Yeah. So that that's that that's how I can see how sports resonated or just obviously other lessons I've learned. But that's just you know, one that came up to mind. Right. No, and I totally agree with that and a lot of the people I've talked to on here whether they're, it's an athlete or they have that entrepreneur mind, it's really one and the same. It's like and kind of like what you said, Dan, finding your mojo, right? Whether it's your mojo on the field or in the pool or in the club or at the office, it's just that confidence in yourself and knowing what you're capable of, even if it's in athletics or academics or whatever. Once you have that comfort level with yourself, you know how you learn, you know what you can and can't do, and then you just attack yeah. that no matter what it is. You just transfer it to another topic. And our generation, we're so used to, like, if we don't know the answer, we just find it, you know? Mm. Ask Alexa or go on YouTube and teach yourself. I've talked to so many people that, like you, Adrian, that don't have any formal background in what they do, but they, they just hustle and they figure it out. And there's really no excuse in our world, our connected world, to just say, I don't know something, so then I, this isn't reachable or attainable for me. That's exactly. Just, that's just exactly. bullshit. That's you can get anything. There's, there's no excuse. Yeah, we have all the resources. Yeah, it's awesome. It's crazy. Seriously, the thing about what you talk about dating, you literally, like, it, even dating, you, if you don't, you can find anything you want, swiping right or left, you know? It's, everything is yeah. so at the touch of our, our fingertips. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Never been easier. <laughs> <laughs> you put it that way, it's true. The options are, or the, I talk the to old, yeah, yeah. I talk to old men about work about this kind of thing and they're just like oh my god if I was your age <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's true but it was probably probably easier back then you know what I mean because now when you approach a woman face to face you're the weirdo right yeah, yeah that is a, <laughs> that is a weird part they're like oh like what do you you want to have a conversation with me like yeah you don't have a conversation like, yeah they're not used to it they're not used to that yeah either, so Imagine you just handed a girl a poem. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not big on the DMs. Like I said, I, I like to check. Like, I think uh, women like yeah. me before who I am and the way I carry myself. So, Dude, you're like the original I, slide in the DM. You should physically slide up to somebody and say, here's the original direct message. Yeah, here's the original DM. <laughs> Do you use that on the dance floor. That's cool. But then I end up being, yeah, that's true. I could try some shit like that. Yeah. And try to you gotta expand. Without coming out like a douchebag. Get out of that comfort zone, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about taking the L's. There's a few denials, but you gotta learn from the L's, though. That's the big point. Absolutely. So, what do you guys what think? Good, good. Keep going. Oh, sorry. I was just bullshitting. You can go. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, 
we were talking about then how easy certain things are, or at least they're easy to find and then teach yourself. But what do you guys think has been the hardest part about life after school and transitioning in the real world? Fucking life experiences, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? I would say, oh yeah, you can go. Like not to get dark or anything, but um, this like 2018, I've been to my friends, more of my friends' funerals and weddings. And like when you say that, that shit strikes home. Yeah. Like and all open caskets, like seeing that friend, and you know, and like we're saying, learn from your L's. You know, we have to take that person L's and learn from it from the biggest extent. Absolutely. You know? and, and it was all drug related deaths. So, and that's another thing that like it's sad to see what's really going on with people, yeah. but not knowing what's going on. Right. Yeah, we had a lot of funerals this year. Yeah. Well, and it's that realization that even though you think you're invincible, you're not, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Definitely. And seeing people you admire, too, that fall in that ball, like celebrities and, you know, everyone falls. Nobody's perfect. But I think that, like, in college, like you said, like, you're still in that little safe blanket, like your mom's nest. Right. And none of those, like, real-life experience really hits you. Until after you graduate, after you hit learn what your student loans are. All right, now I need to find a job. Now I got my own place. Now I have big bills to pay. Yeah. For me anyway. That that was the hardest life experience. I mean, uh, challenge after college. Sure. What about you, Adrian? My challenge is similar to that. It's more of like um, <clears throat> after graduation, it was more of, I don't know if like finding who I am is the right word to say, but always growing up i've always been you know captain of the football team student athlete student athlete throughout my entire life right right student athlete student athlete everywhere i go yeah and then when you graduate is who are you yeah dude you're a freshman all over again but i don't want you don't want sort of like your job title to be who that is you know what i mean what you know i mean like everything i did before was for school and for football everything i lived breathed school and football because that's what you work towards that was the goal it was to be the best student athlete that you could be right but right now i don't really have any i don't have any other um like restrictions or any, i don't have any like i don't know what to say i'm mean, not goals is not the right word to say because i do after have, school i do have aspirations but you know what i mean like yeah it's like you have to redefine yourself after you just redefine yourself yeah as a person find other interests you know what i mean now i'm looking for things to do before i was just hanging out all day and then right. now i'm just like you know what i don't really want to hang out with these guys all day maybe even like finding another team like as a student athlete we always like set with a swim team you know football team and you're like in this little cult yeah. and you're basically friends from the beginning of time yeah exactly these guys are like my friends were almost not made for me because like, right. i love the friends that i've made right but now it's like now you're at a certain you're a different person now i'm finding, finding friends that are similar interests than me yeah. not just football players but that was a hard realization after college man like finding that different group of people to click with and that you could stay close with yeah. and hit up every time yeah right but yeah, so no. I'm 24, 25. I have no idea, you know, who Who's I am. Who's going to be your best man when yeah, you're 30? What are you yeah. right now? I'm just like, to be honest, I'm just living in the moment. But before, it's just. Yeah. 
I had the title, you know? I'm not sure if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And I think if everybody is honest with themselves, everybody feels that to a certain extent. It's just we're living in the Instagram generation where you don't share that shit with a nice, you know, filter over top of it. You, you take the picture of all the good stuff and everybody just kind of bottles up that kind of stuff. Those insecurities and thoughts and, but everybody's thinking it, man, everybody goes through it at some point or another and multiple times. Like I'm 28. I certainly went through my own version of it. And then I started this thing just because I felt like I was getting into another version of it. You know, I was looking for what is that next thing, to keep me yeah. to keep life interesting and keep me fueled and excited about just a whole bunch of stuff as a new hobby. So it never yeah. goes away. You just get you just have to get better at realizing it and then addressing it. So for sure. Yeah, you know, I've only been working for a little bit, so I haven't gone crazy yet. But I can already see the days becoming monotonous and the same where I'm just going to work and going to the gym and coming back home and falling asleep. You know, the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, like falling asleep in the TV yard, the same exact thing every every night. Like, what, what am I going to do to switch this shit up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to find your interest, man. <laughs> so, as you guys were transitioning from college to real world, did anybody give you any good pieces of advice that you'd like to pass on to anybody else going through that right now? Um, the best advice that I can give, even though the best advice I can give would be life is short. You know what I mean? Like, today is not the end of. Yeah. Today is not the end. You know what I mean? Don't be so serious. Yeah, like, when I was a freshman or a sophomore in college, like, anything, any event that happened to me, I thought this was going to be the end of the world or whatever. And then I realized that now that some of those things were so minuscule and so small. Yeah. And then now you could even start over right now as a 25-year-old. You could start over as a 30-year-old. You could start over... I would just say that don't think that anything is the end of, don't think it's too late. You can always start over and go after your dreams, I guess. Yeah, always chase your dreams. But yeah, don't be so serious about life. You get into a car accident, it sucks. You just eat it. Just eat it, yeah. Yeah, you gotta walk away. It's not the end of the world. Things like that. Like, those slip-ups, those speed bumps are bound to happen. It always does. Yeah. And it's always when you start winning. Yeah, exactly. And then you get into an accident. Then you gotta, you know, get a new car, whatever. But, you know, that's just the bullshit of life. Yeah. I realize as, like, as I get older that when I talk to my parents and I start even having more cordial conversations with them and they're twice my age and I'm like, damn, I'm 25. My dad's 55. He's lived my life twice. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. there's so much more out there. So, you know what I mean? So even if today seems like it's the end of the world, like, there's going to be plenty more. <laughs> plenty yeah. more. You know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully. God willing. God willing. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I dig it. I totally agree. So that you guys just transitioned advice you'd give, but did anybody else give you guys anything that was cool? A good nuggets of wisdom? I didn't really have like a mentor. Or, yeah, like, I definitely I mean, learned things throughout the way, but no direct quotes. No, yeah. No quotes, but that's cool though. That goes, that goes back to like the YouTube University thing. Like you, you're doing it for yourself. You know, you're giving yourself your own advice, which is pretty neat when you think about it. Well, all the advice we're giving you is from everyone else who gave us advice, you know, we just sure. milk it all together. Yeah, it makes sense the first we are today. But I would say even with the advice I've given, 
my greatest lessons have been through life experience. Like through those, those, through those experiences. Even the worst of times. Yeah. So like everything that's bad, I, I even end up seeing my. I see myself doing this now, where everything that bad happens, I'm just like, meh. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> it would have happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I couldn't have helped it. You know Butterfly effect. I mean? Yeah. So like. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what the question was. <laughs> it was the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the quotes. That's yeah. all right. Um, so, Dan, you mentioned butterfly effect, which I think is funny because you swam butterfly and you got butterflies in your tattoo sleeve there on your arm. Yeah, Do you get crap yeah. for that at all at work? I've always wondered that with tattoos. I have a couple, but they're pretty well hidden. Have you, have you run into oh. any like tattoo like... It's... I have multiple tattoos now. I know. Uh, I get, yeah, definitely. But everyone's like, oh, I like it. You know, no one's ever, the only like ridicule, ridicule you ever get is just that uh, that's a lot of tattoos. No one's ever said, oh, that's a bad tattoo. Sure. But I'm proud of everyone I have. I have nothing to be shy about. Well, I but hope it's not. not uh, it's not frowned upon in my business. I guess if that's what you're going for. Well, just in like, general, I, I just cover them up. Ever. Yeah, well, I just I just think it's interesting because some people really are still pretty close minded about tattoos, and to me, they're yeah, not I'll a big deal. You what you know? though? You, you're in a room full of people. There's more people who have tattoos than none. But like, it's just a natural thing to like almost prejudge. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. If I if if I did have the choice between two doctors and one had tattoos and one didn't. I'm getting the tattoo. I'll probably go to go without tattoos. Be honest, yeah, with big gauges and it's yeah. Like, to be yeah. honest with you, I'm not. And I'm like, that's this, very judgmental. Right? I'm not saying it's wrong to like, like to, like to be prejudiced, but I feel like it's only wrong when it inhibits something or, or it's to a fault. For example, yeah, you would prefer a doctor without tattoos, but if you if a doctor with tattoos came in, and you said, "No, nah, I'm not doing this." That's fucking wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. But you're not looking at the qualifications. Right? No, but it's, it's, there's nothing wrong for you to think. Yeah, it. it's, yeah. And it, it becomes a fault. That's oh, yeah. when it becomes. You well, know, and it's yeah. It's that, funny. It's funny you guys say that because Dan's saying he'd go with the tat one. You said you wouldn't, but they've actually done studies like with babies, where they'll show them pictures of people, and a baby will react with a smile or just like notice a picture of somebody that looks like them or their parents that they're used to seeing. So it's like. Yeah. It's born into us that we tend to gravitate towards people who look like us. And when you put it that way, it gets into all sorts of then racism stuff and or yeah. like or don't yeah. like people with piercings or tattoos. It's just what you're familiar with is what you tend to be drawn to. Miles, can you tell by Adrian's voice if he's an African-American male? Uh, I couldn't, but I could tell when I looked him up when you gave me his name when we first started this thing and found him online, so... Uh, I won't lie. I know that he is an African American male. <laughs> no, we get into the race debates all the time, but it's good because like we're both on the same page usually. Yeah. So yeah, we get into it. Sometimes. Well, and you mentioned the the Me Too stuff, Adrian, but um, <laughs> I think that's an interesting topic. It's not talked about all that often, but I I think it'd be interesting to hear your your uh, experiences with that in U.S. versus Canada? Because I, I know that Canada gets a better reputation for it than the United States does. Is that on the photo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Canada definitely is a more uh, 
left wing. I would say they're more left. Yeah, they're more left, to say the least. But um, on what game are we saying that for? Like, left field or right field? No, like no, they're more they're more liberal. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I've definitely learned a lot of things about uh, feminism, and I, and the. Uh, I just think the Me Too movement is definitely, um, it's definitely coming at a good time. You know what I mean? Like, because right now there's definitely a lot of guys out there that are, you know, creeps. There's some creeps out there that are taking advantage of women, yes, to say the least. But then it's hard because it ends up being something that's so discretionary that um, it's something that's so discretionary that something that you may not see as sexual harassment could be claimed as sexual harassment. So then society's now, you know, more now politically rich, which I'm not saying is right or wrong, but I just see that we're living in that age of that shift. Right, because everybody's got their phone out and they're recording and it ends up yeah. on social media and yeah. then it's out there forever. Don't get me wrong. I have a little sister. I have a mother. You know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely think women's rights are just as right as, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. women's rights are just as equal yeah. as everybody else. Yeah. But... Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there being creeps that that should be taken down, but I don't think some guys that are hitting on women should be taken down. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. There's a lot of accusations going on. Yeah, there. it ends up being too discretionary, which which hurts. But you know what I mean? But you always wanna you always wanna defend a woman. You always wanna defend a woman. Have to. Have to until she's found guilty. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that if a woman is is um guilty? If, no, if she's uh, found like lying, I feel like she could get the same charge as a guy would have got. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. like accused rape. Yeah, like if you accuse me of rape and I'm facing seven years, you know what I mean? And yeah. you're just saying some shit because you didn't want to look like a slut. If you're your boyfriend, you know what I mean? Like you should be charged for seven years just the same way. I for not. I for not. <laughs> so I always like to ask everybody this question and. It'll take a little bit longer, so I'm going to do it now since there's two of you, but I think it's a really cool summation of what we end up talking about in the episode, and then I use it to name the episode. You guys are throwing me for a loop again because it's going to be six words and not three, but we'll do you one at a time. So I'll start with you, Dan, but um, everything we've talked about, and I'm sure stuff we didn't, how would you describe your life and your, your journey so far in three words, and then why those three words? Um. <clears throat> I'm going to choose Let It Be by the Beatles. Okay. And uh, honestly, I say those words because, like I said earlier, like the big problems you think are big aren't the biggest problems out there. And you're going to get past them. And it's all about your attitude towards that issue you have. And if you have a positive attitude, you're going to get through it a lot quicker than a shitty attitude. Absolutely. What about you, Adrian? What do you think? Uh, well, freestyling at the moment, I would say <laughs> my life motto would be, would be, in three words, would be embrace the suck, in which I think that, uh, you know, I mean, while there's definitely tough moments out there it's, and uh, it's easy to live in the moment, it's, uh, it's always better just to sit back and think introspectively and learn from each moment you've had and just embrace every moment of life. And no matter in all the highs and lows, just try to learn from it. And then it will make you better off later on down in the road. And that's what I've learned. It's just embracing the suck. I've learned that from a student athlete, each rep matters. I've learned as a student, 
You know what I mean? Every minute in the library matters. I learned as an employee, you know what I mean? Staying late makes a difference. So just embrace every moment of what you're doing. So that's what I would say. Embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. Let it be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> embrace the suck and let it be. <laughs> So you guys have any questions for me? I, I always feel like oh, it's yeah. right that I should turn the power of the mic over to the person I just put in the hot seat. So, All right. My question is, what's the biggest life lesson you got from bringing in a person into the world? Oh, sure. Oh, there's plenty, man. It's, it's life-changing. It really is. Um, you learn to embrace the suck and let it be, really. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, yeah, because, man, it's like sleep deprivation is like a real thing. Um, a real right. thing and you learn you just gotta let go because there's you know you can't control another person and you learn that real quick when you're at the mercy right. of, of a newborn but man the biggest life lesson um, yeah, it's you, I think you'll learn about a lot about yourself um, it makes you really look at yourself and you think about you know this person that you brought into the world and then you start thinking about how are they going to look at me for any given number of things you know whether you're on your phone too much when they're there in the room and, you know, they're just, you know, they don't know what's going on, but, or you're drinking too much or you're, you know, not spending enough time with the family or you're working out or I'm doing this and I'm not down there with them. You know, you start to think about, okay, right now he doesn't quite know, but what do I want my kid to think about when he describes his dad? You know what I mean? You don't want to be the dad that he's never home because he, he works too much or he's home, but he's not there because he's checked out doing this other thing. Like, I got really in my head about that already. He's only one year old. So I think the biggest life lesson was just to be aware of of you, yourself, and how you affect other people because everything I do is going to play a shape, like play a part in shaping another human being. It's kind of crazy to think about. So yeah. trying to think about it now and yeah. getting get that headspace so I can be, be a good dad, you know, not mess him up too bad. <laughs> I understand that. Well, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about dating before. Yep. And um, you got married at a young age. And I was talking about how life is so long. And I was talking to my parents. My parents got married at a young age as well. Actually, the age I'm at right now. Sure. Right? You know, so I'm thinking to myself, like, when did you realize, like, you wanted to marry your wife? Like, was it your girl? Did, did you, was it more of like you do love at first sight? Because I've never had that feeling before. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never met a girl that I was like, oh, I want to marry this girl. Yeah. Or like, much less even date. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. So, <laughs> so, so I was like, how are these people falling in love? Like, yeah. is it more of like you're with her? And it's like, that you just... You're just like, you're just like, oh, I guess she's she's not, she's okay enough for me to marry, so I'm just gonna marry this girl. Yeah. Like she just, she's, she's not. Is there just a doorbell ring? Yeah. Your soul, you're just like lock this girl up. Like, yeah. When, when does it click? That's what. I'm yeah. So <laughs> I did. I got married. I was uh, I was 24 when we got married. Um. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it was very young. But I mean, I'd been with her since I was 19. You know, so when I went to, when I came to college, I had a girlfriend from back home still. And, you know, you know, the story's old as time, you know, we know how that went. It didn't really work out that well. And so that was the first semester figuring that out. And then the second semester, it was right towards the end, it was in March, we started dating and we had been flirting since, you know, the first day I got there, you know, there was an, there really was an immediate just attraction. 
and we just clicked on a lot of different levels and we became really good friends first which i think is a really big reason yeah it's a big reason why we're, we're we're as strong as we are because if you're gonna spend the rest of your life with somebody you gotta like them you know you gotta get along yeah. you know out of the bedroom not just in the bedroom you know for it to work so um when when did i know you know i mean i had an inkling in college but i also had doubt in college just because in my head i'm thinking well shit this is college like this isn't the real world you know yeah. like it's great here in this bubble where, well, you know, Dan, you know, I'm on this floor in the dorm for our fraternity and then she's the next floor above for her sorority and she's seven steps away. Like this is, you know, it's just not, yeah, it's not the real world. So when we graduated, we got an apartment together and I told myself, man, if she still like can tolerate me after living with me for a year, like, Yeah. yeah, then, so, I mean, I, I feel like I always knew in the back of my head, but I just, I didn't want to get my hopes up in case it just deteriorated when we graduated in the real world, but it's, I mean, I don't really know if there is like a crystallization. Yeah. Good. No, no, sorry to interrupt. I feel like even like, maybe I just haven't found the one, like you were lucky enough. Like I said, you had that inkling. I've never just, I've never had that feeling. (laughs) Sure. Hey man, it's not too late, bro. Well, and it's, you'll know when you know, because you've never felt it before too. I mean, you'll know when it's different since you've had many experiences where you didn't feel that, but, um, I'm just going to say like, I'm on a path where like, I'm not going to get married at 27, 28, 29, 30. But is that because that's the path you're on? Yeah. It's because you don't want to. It's both. And now it's just like. I'm again talking to one girl at 30. Like, is there going back from that one girl? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> cause I feel like because I'm 24, I'm so ambitious. And because I don't want a girlfriend, even if like, there was the perfect girl out there for me, yeah. I'll just be shutting her out. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> be more. So, so, there's, you know I mean? there's a better yeah. one out there for me. Cause that's what I'm really thinking. But then, uh, see what I like, what I liked about it, about getting married so young was, and having been with her since I was, you know, right out of high school, really, um, is you really like you grow in love with that person, but then you also grow up with that person. And so yeah, it's like, cool. like you guys talk about like all these lifetimes we live, right? And you always encounter a new group of people or friendship is so shallow these days with everything being on social media. And you got people that like your Instagram photos or your Facebook friends, but not many people you truly connect with. So it's always cool no matter what I'm doing at work or yeah, I'm doing this, awesome. this side yeah. hustle thing. She's that constant, and she'll tell me when my content sucks or that podcast wasn't good or you, yeah. you should do that. And that's awesome, and it's not just everyone saying, oh, like it, great job. And inside they're thinking, wow, this blows. You know, she, She's that good balance for me where you know, we're just a good team, whether it's you know, in life, in love, in business. It's, it's good to have that person, especially if you are ambitious, Adrian, because you find someone that's just as ambitious as you or supports your ambitions, then – it gives you that solid footing to really launch and go farther than you could do just on yourself. On yourself, yeah. Well, I can definitely say I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> definitely say that. <laughs> I like where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely fun. just chilling right now. That's me chilling. Well, those are good, those are good, those are good questions. Anything else on your guys' mind? Uh, yeah, I could go on forever, but honestly. Um, oh. I would say, you guys want to frat together? Fraternity, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we were. And Chi Alpha fraternity. I wasn't in a frat fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So obviously, you both were student athletes as well. What would you say you've learned from a frat that you didn't learn as a student athlete? Like, sure. like you know. What I learned from a fraternity and from being a student athlete are two different things. From the fraternity, we were taught from the very beginning core values that brought a light into me that didn't before with swimming. Because swimming, you're getting, you're at your own pace and your own style and kind of your own, on your own team in a sense. Like no one's really teaching you anything, really. Like how fraternity grown men were teaching you different ways to look at life and how to go about life. But uh, for for swimming, it was more like coach. You know, your captains were... Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but like, what do you mean you're taught that? Like, when were you taught that? During the whole process of going through to becoming a brother. Oh, so you you mean like even just reciting those chants? Yeah, exactly. Like I still live by them today, and like you know, I think about them and just be like, you know, LDR ship, like loyalty, and how I stay true to every one of my friends and LDR. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I'll jump in, Dan. And awesome, Miles. But um, so my senior year, I was captain of the swim team and president of the fraternity. So for me just the mix of the two was just really great lesson in time management and being able to juggle multiple um, sets of responsibilities, which is great in life. But like Dan said, I mean, Lambda Chi Alpha is a little bit different than most frats, like you said, and how Dan corrected you to say fraternity, because it was more of a focus on personal development than it was, you know, getting drunk and partying and hazing guys because they think it's funny. You know, it's it's an anti-hazing fraternity, so when you join – you become an associate member, not a pledge. And then there's a whole oh, okay. there's a whole education process that Dan was starting to talk about where it all circles around the core values, which is which was based on um, the United States Army. Um, and LDR ship, it's an acronym. It stands for um, loyalty, duty, respect, service and stewardship, honor, integrity, and personal courage. So it's all about how do you how do you become a better person and a focus on lifelong learning and you know leaning on your brothers for help and for growth and all that good stuff and so we had fun too i mean we threw some of the biggest parties on campus don't get us wrong but um also did community service and just had that real family like dan said where swimming was a very solitary sport it's not like i have never played football adrian but I, you know you guys more of a team like you have to pass the ball to somebody. Like you can't stop in a swimming race and tag somebody in and say, "You got this." Take it home. So that yeah. was more solitary than the fraternity was more of that group aspect. Mm-hmm. Great way to put it. Yeah. A funny thing about swimming, I used to swim as well as a as, as a youth. very good swimmer growing up. Top top of my age group, junior Olympian, district qualified for district every strokes. Not even joking, right? I moved to the Poconos, right? Yeah. I was swimming for my local private club team. That's in my that's in my age group. Killing it. Right? Danny Woods comes in. I remember we have a gym class together. And this is one of our first like this is Danny Woods and I first like one of our first interactions. Gym class, we luckily have a a full size pool in our middle school. And that's actually the pool that I practice in. You know what I mean? So I thought I come in thinking big and bad 
That's funny. Well, to be fair, Dan Woods isn't a regular human being. He's like naturally talented. I remember in practice, Dan was in the sprint group and I was in distance. So I would swim the mile and the 500 and the 400 free and just the long stuff. Freaking Danny Woods is there like with his snorkel on hiding under the lane line, not, not swimming while the rest of the team is actually practicing. But then he'd still crush it in the meets, even though he didn't practice like barely at all. Yeah. So that's Killed that's Danny Woods. Killed my self esteem. I'm telling you, I was going to swim, I was going to football practice and a swim practice after. I thought I was this shit. Like back in the day, my parents thought if I was going to go to Dallas for anything, they would have said Yeah. Until Danny was <laughs> and then and then I switched sports. Yeah. You're welcome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, you know, I, like just, start football, bro. I was like, oh. if I could practice this much, and this kid could not practice and beat me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not shit. No, just yeah, exactly. I'm not shit. I gotta do something else. Okay. That's funny. Well, we are coming up on an hour here, so I'm gonna let you guys go. But before uh, I uh, before I do, is there anything else you want to say to the people of the world that will hear this? If you listen for a full hour, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, nothing to the world. Peace, love, and prosperity. I love it. I love it. No, no, no. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's a wrap on this week's episode of Relish the Journey. Thank you for traveling with me another week. You can follow us on social media at RTJ Podcast and check us out online at rtjmedia.com. Be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell me move up those charts, increase those metrics, and try to make a splash in this content creation world. So thank you for joining me again, and until next time, cheers.